Welcome to the GB and Fat Boy podcast. I'm GB. Fat Boy couldn't make it today. His car broke down, so, <laughs> so I got it. I got your mouth. You know, I got a special co-host with me today. My bald brother Mike. Ah, uh, yeah. And we have a special guest today, <laughs> Jerome Hayes, former linebacker at Penn State University. I'm also bald. Also uh, bald, and also of the Philadelphia Soul. And uh, what's going on, Jerome? All right, how are you, Greg? <laughs> Doing pretty good. Good, good. We're gonna uh, talk about Jerome. Let's start with let's start with your high school days. You were a member of the 2002 Bayonne High School State Championship team under the former head coach of Ricky Rodriguez. That's correct. You were starting linebacker as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. But uh, how how was that experience as coming in high school? Starting as a sophomore at, at that type of stage, did you feel the pressure was on? What, what was uh, going through your head that season? There wasn't really too much pressure. That team was stacked. You know, we had a ton of talent. Um, Ricky Rod and the rest of the coaches put us in, in great positions to make plays. I mean, there were so many athletes up front. I just literally just ran to the ball. That was my assignment. You know, I had guys like Dennis Halsey and Cosmo DePinto. Um up front that cleared the way for me. I just, you know, it made my job easier. You know, like the stars of that team were uh, Brandon Smith, Brian Smith, uh, Rico Rivera, those guys, okay. man, it was easy. I was I was just running to the football. Just, just run the window, right? right? That's right. That's right. Run the window, That's right. You, you learn from the best, yep. baby. Run the window. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, let's, we'll fast forward to your senior year. You were recruited by, I'd say, what, over 50 Division One schools? Yeah, I received 48 Division One scholarships uh, from pretty much every major conference in uh, Division One football. Okay, so you you obviously chose Penn State. Mm-hmm. You had offers like USC, DU. Miami, mm-hmm. who else? Florida. Michigan State, right? Michigan State, Rutgers, uh, University of Florida, Louisville, Syracuse. Uh, my final five were... Uh, Rutgers, Miami, Florida, uh, Penn State, and Michigan State. Well, that's that's a pretty tough decision that you had to come up with. I mean, just about everybody's dream school was on your list. Mm-hmm. And uh, what made your final decision of Penn State? Uh, you know what? Uh, early on in the process, uh, I chose University of Florida. I, I uh, verbally committed to University of Florida and Ron Zook and his coaching staff. Um, I just love the atmosphere. I went there on game day and I watched them play against LSU on a Saturday night, 8:30. Um, 100,000 people, you know, feeling the vibration of the stadium. Just everyone engaged. Uh, the warm weather, everything was great. Um, but that staff got fired midway through my senior year in high school, so I opened my recruitment back up and I was able to go on a couple more visits. And uh, you know what set Penn State apart was obviously. Uh, Coach Paterno and, and his legacy and, and what he uh, had already accomplished there at Penn State. And, and you know, for, for me to be a linebacker and knowing the tradition, uh, my dad telling me the tradition of, of linebacker you, uh, you know, and going there and seeing that nighttime atmosphere rival, University of Florida, you know, it really was a no-brainer for me. You know, rather than having my parents get on a flight every Saturday and going down to Gainesville, they could get in the car and ride three hours. And uh, you know, get, be getting a quality education and playing big time football, and that's all you could ask for. At that age, how were you able to turn down, you know, going to the U? Looking back at it now, what was going on down there at that time? Right, guys right. running wild. Well, University of Miami is a special place. I mean, the actual campus—it's a private 
uh, college. There's, there's not many students uh, on campus, but you know everybody knows South Beach, and and uh, I went on that visit with my mom. Uh, love my, love my, love my mom to death. You know she, after walking the campus and and talking to the coaches, she really uh, you know liked the atmosphere there. Um, but you know South Beach scared the hell out of her, so <laughs> um, she didn't want to let me loose down there. And I, I don't know that I actually would have went. You know it wasn't too much of a family vibe there. I really liked the coaching staff, but it was like the players. They went to practice, then they all went their own ways. I like how University of Florida and Penn State and Rutgers, those those guys kind of hung in packs and, and rolled with each other every place. So um, that that kind of canceled them out. So now you end up at Penn State. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you redshirt? I did redshirt my freshman year. Yeah, I broke my foot and uh, I kind of forced my hand. Okay, so you redshirt. And then... That was the year they uh, what went... Number third in the nation. Yeah, we were three in the nation at the time. We played Michigan uh, at the Big House. You know, Mario Man, Chad Henningham, Chad Henny threw a slant to Mario Manningham and ruined our perfect season. At the last second, right? The last second of the game. Uh, it was weird how it happened. Uh, we're down on the one yard line, third down, or fourth down actually. Uh, you know, we our defense made a check call uh, for everybody to play uh, man coverage. And the one corner to the far side with 110,000 people screaming didn't get that call. And uh, he played zone. Manningham ran a quick slant. and It ruined our perfect season. But we had a chance to go to uh, Orange Bowl that year down in Miami and, and beat Florida State So uh, in triple overtime. So that, you know, my freshman year was definitely memorable. Do you want to blame that corner on air or? No, no, no. Alan Zemitis is his name. He was, <laughs> he was an all-American corner. So, you know, you definitely can't blame him, man. I mean, there's 130,000 people in there screaming, going crazy. It's hard to get the call in. Okay. So now you, you go into your sophomore year, which was your uh, redshirt freshman year, technically. And they had you at linebacker, defensive end? Linebacker, or? yeah, middle linebacker. I played yeah. middle linebacker up until my junior year. Okay, so who were some of that Was that uh, with Sean Lee and Bowman and them? Or? Uh, Sean Lee and I came in the same year. We both redshirted our first year. Uh, Sean actually, they broke his redshirt towards the end of the season. Uh, he actually played um, in the last regular season game due to injury um, and then played very well as a freshman um, in the bowl game. Uh, Paul Puzlesny was our all-everything right. leader, middle linebacker, and he twisted his knee up. Uh, in the third quarter against Florida State, so they threw Sean in there, and he played well, you know. So he comes from a football-rich uh, tradition down there in Pittsburgh, up at St. Clair High School. And, you know, you could see it today, starting middle yeah. linebacker for the Cowboys. So Absolutely. Um, you know, I played with some studs. Dan Connor was an All-American. Uh, Tim Shaw played with the Tennessee Titans and Jacksonville Jaguars for uh, about eight years. Um, you know, Tom Bahali, Jason Alford. You know, some big-name guys, like I said, Alan Zemitis, who was an All-American, you know, type player. So that defense was loaded. Yeah, and uh, Tim Shaw. What? He's been in the news lately, all right? Bob, yeah, right? he yeah. has, man. Uh, unfortunately, Tim, about uh, a year and a half ago, uh, he came down with the ALS mm-hmm. um, sickness. And, uh, you know, he's, he's fighting for his life now. And, you know, it's just sad to see because he was such a uh, positive influence on everybody in the community. Um, both in our locker room and, you know, with the uh, uplifting athletes and always doing community service. and Never heard the guy say a curse word, always was positive. And, um, you know, unfortunately, he got sick. So, but, you know, he's 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 living his life the way he wants to. And, 
he's fighting it, so hopefully they find a cure for him because Tim's a great guy. Well, yeah. We wish him the best. Thank you. So you're uh, your sophomore. No, you're so your sophomore year. Was that when you went to the Rose Bowl? My sophomore year, we went to the Alamo Bowl. Alamo. We Bowl. went and played against. Um, we went and played against. Who was the team that we played against? No, my sophomore year, we went to the Outback Bowl and played against Tennessee, Arian Foster, and that crew. Um, they were stacked, man. They had some great players, but we, we were able to get a victory in that game as well. So what's uh so so far now you're two and zero in bowls. Give us a description going into your junior year. That's when you tore. That's the first your, time. I tore first time you tore your ACL. Yep. Going into camp and give us break it down from the beginning of camp that year. Well, I mean, going into that year, I mean, my, my retro freshman year, I had some, you know, minor injuries with my foot and, and my hand. Um, but, you know, I was primarily a special teams guy and a spot player on defense. Speaking about special teams, uh, was that the year that you got into that big fight with the Notre Dame uh, punt team? No, no, no. That was, my, that was my junior year. That was my junior year. Thanks for bringing that up, though. Okay. Man, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think you also had a sack in that game. I so. did. I did. I Jimmy Clausen, right? Jimmy Clausen. right. <laughs> uh, my sophomore year, um, you know, I was really looking forward to to that season. Uh, they were implementing me more on defense. I was able to uh, get in on a couple packages that, uh, you know, I, I had a prominent role in. I was going to make big plays, and I worked really, really hard um, with Sean and, and Navarro Bowman was an incoming freshman that year. And, uh, you know, guys like Josh Hall and Anthony Scarato, Lado Sargent, uh, we, you know, those are guys that we were recruited, you know, to come in and change the culture there. Um, and we worked really, really hard. And unfortunately, I suffered my first ACL. Um, I believe it was the fifth game of the season. Um, you know, it was on special teams on punt. was running down the field. You know, I went right. My knee went left. And that was that. Season done. And what, uh, how hard was the recovery? coming from that to get back to be able to play, you know, Division One Big Ten right. football? Well, it's a lot different today than it was 12 years ago. I will say that. Um, you know, guys now, you know, they're able to come back six months and start running. Um, you know, it was not every bit of nine and a half months for me. You know, rehab three times a day between going to class and, you know, you're on crutches going through the snow trying to get to and from the football building. Uh, it makes you question if you really want to be there. But, uh, you know, I had a motive, I had a mission in mind, and I knew I wanted to get back and play football again. So, you know, there was a rainbow at the end of the tunnel somewhere. And uh, I was able to fight through it, and my teammates were incredibly supportive. My parents were always up at state, you know, making sure I was okay. So, you know, my, my wife, uh, girlfriend at the time, she was always making sure I was okay. So, um, so you had a lot of support. Yeah, a ton of support, ton of support, and it made it easy. It made it easier. I won't say it easy. But it made me. It made the process easier, definitely. Well, you definitely had the whole city of Bayonne behind you Absolutely. during those times. A ton of support. I was uh, those those years. You were, well, two of the year years at Penn State. I was in Florida in mm -hmm. college, and every Saturday we had the Penn State game on. Right. You know, so you had support from not only Bayonne, Bayonne people that were in different places, <laughs> Penn State people. You had a lot of support around you. Yep. So now you come back from injury, mm -hmm. and would uh, at what part? Were you going into the next season when you got back and were you were able to go, uh, you know, full throttle? I missed spring ball. Um, I got hurt, I want to say, early October. 
of my redshirt sophomore year. Um, so I missed spring ball uh, that April and May. Um, so going into camp, I was probably about maybe eight months. So they, they kept me out of full contact drills, but I was able to move around and, and run a little bit and, and cut and, and, and build stability in my knee. So about mid-August is when I really was able to go full go. And the coaches were really surprised at, at how you know my body reacted to it. And they just threw me right in there and allowed me to play. And that's all I asked for was you know an opportunity to go out there and, and compete. And it worked out for me. You know, I was able to come back and um, you know, be second on the depth chart at linebacker. And at that time, we switched up the defense. So um, I played a little bit rush end. And you know, I just went out there and had fun, really. You know, it's an easy game. Football is a very easy game. Guys, you know, these guys make it really hard with all the different X's and O's. But you know, when you're doing it since you're six years old, you just read and react. But you know, my body bounced back well, and I was excited for that season. So you come back that season, and how many games in you got hurt again? I did. I tore my ACL on my other knee. Your other knee. About how many games into that season? Uh, that was four. I think we were uh, three and zero at the time. Oregon State came in in a big non-conference game. Uh, we were excited about it. They had the the Rogers. Rogers. Brothers. Brothers. I was going to just ask that uh, Jackies. Jackies. Uh, I forgot the other. Jacquez is, is a better Quiz. one. He's, he's still in the league. Yeah. Yeah. He was a better one. He played with the Falcons. He's, he's he might be a I think he's in Tampa special now. teams guy down in, in Tampa. But uh, uh, we were really excited again. You know, we're up forty to nothing. I'm on special teams. One thing about our coaching staff, no matter how bad or good the game was, whether we were up fifty or down fifty, they never changed the special team. Um, they wanted to make sure the ones got in there and took care of business and took care of the ball. And again, I'm running down on punt. I see a guy out the corner of my eye coming to clean me up. Uh -huh. So I planted my left leg and he got a little bit on my shoulder. So when I went to react, you know, again, I went right and he went left. And that was that. I knew immediately. The first time I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what it was. The second time I knew exactly what it was. And I just, I just didn't want to get up because I knew what time it was. Yeah. Well, wow, both were on punt, though, right? They were both on the punt team, man. Right. Same hash, same stadium, same cleats, same grass, same number. You know, ridiculous. That's eerie. So punt's your kryptonite. Got it. Punt is my kryptonite. I'm, you know, when my son goes out there on punt team now, I cringe. <laughs> I don't even watch. Don't put him out there. Man, no. Go for it on fourth. If I was the coach, believe me, I would. Penn State should have learned the first time not to put you on punt <laughs> after you came back from that. Penn well, State should have learned a lot on the first time, but yeah. I'll save that for later. So now... <laughs> Your uh, that season, are we at Rose Bowl time yet? No, uh, yeah, that was the Rose Bowl okay. season. That was Daryl Clark's first year at quarterback. That's right. And you went and played. Well, we won the Big Ten. We uh, we beat Michigan that year and Ohio State. Uh, it was the first time in a long time that we beat both of those schools uh, in the same calendar year. And um, you know, we went out to uh, California and played USC, who had about every first round draft pick that you could name that year <laughs> and then they gave it to us pretty good man but the overall experience is something I'll carry with me forever oh, it's unbelievable the Rose Bowl is you know they nicknamed it the granddaddy of them all for a reason that 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 bowl game you know outdoes them all and I'm sure the fans weren't too happy USC playing there well I mean we we are it was actually the season, the, the uh, stands were split you know we travel well mm -hmm. Penn State travels well no matter we can go play in in Hawaii, and we'll get fifty thousand people to go. Um, so it was it was about half and half. I mean, 
there wasn't too much uh, clamor about them being there. I mean, they had a very exciting team that year, so you know they showed up. In That's uh, who Cushing. That's Brian Cushing, Clay Matthews, Maluga, Ray yeah. Maluga, Frosty Rucker, Mark Sanchez. Yeah, they were to cover Sports uh, Illustrated three linebackers. Yeah, year. they were. They were something else. They were. They, it was like playing Madden. <laughs> that team was really, really good. Taylor Mays at safety. That's he right. decapitated a couple people that game. Um, Who you guys have? You guys had uh, Evan Royster that year at running back? We had Evan Royster. Um, I think I you got, used you guys a lot in uh, the NCAA football game that year because uh, your quarterback. We were ones. pretty good, yeah. My yeah. quarterback was first team all Big Ten, uh, Daryl Clark. Um, we had Evan Royster. Um, we, you know, Derek Williams. Um, you know, we had, we had some speed guys. Jordan Norwood of the championship Denver Broncos. Um, wide receiver. Yeah. So, we, I mean, we had a solid team. A.Q. Shipley was our center. He starts. He's still in the league. Yeah, yeah he starts for the Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. now. Uh, Rich Ornberg's a reserve lineman with the um, San Diego Chargers. So, I mean, we had our fair share of players. Navarro Bowman, everybody knows big game Bowman. Um, yeah. You know, so uh, we, we went out there with a good game plan. We competed the best we could, but, you know, we fell short. So now, being that you get hurt again, did that open you up to that opened you up to another season there? Uh, I could have, you know, after my fifth year, I was given the opportunity to have a medical redshirt year, but at that time, you know, I had my firstborn son, and um, you know, I just I wanted to give it my try for the NFL, and uh, I felt it was time. I did, I felt everything I could in college, and Mm -hmm. you know, so I wanted to get, you know, make some money for my family and. uh, I was able to extend my playing career, play a couple of years in arena football, uh, four or five years, and you know. How was that uh, experience? It's a completely different ball game. Yeah, all rules and less people. I don't really know what to. Uh, I tell people all the time, it's like hockey, soccer, and football <laughs> rolled into one. Um, it's it's very very fast. Um, it takes some getting used to because it's nothing like regular football, but. Um, it's fun. And like I said, I got a chance to extend my career, run around, hit some people. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in a good place where I, where I finished up. You know, I would have loved to uh, had the opportunity to play in the NFL. I got a couple workouts with the Steelers and the Giants. And, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. But um, I'm sure your two ACLs had something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely did. I mean, they're, they're not going to take a flyer on a guy with two ACLs when they can get a 21-year-old kid from USC who, you know, same deal. But no injury, so yeah, um, you know it is what it is. I had my shot, but and how many years did you play in the arena league? I played about five years. I played wow. uh, two years with the Philadelphia Soul and three years with the Trenton Freedom. Okay, and then uh, well, the Soul just won the uh, arena football league championship a few weeks ago, they right? They did. I'm, I'm very very happy for those work. guys. Um, my defensive line linebacker coach Phil Bogle, um, he was a uh, college um, you know offensive lineman, and he blocked for. Uh, LT out in San Diego for a couple of years. Okay, so okay. Uh, he played after his NFL days. He played in the old Arena League, Arena One League, and uh, he played for the Soul. Great guy, and uh, so he was he was able to win one. Pleasant player and his coach. So I'm happy for those guys. Did you ever get to meet the owners? The yeah, soul? yeah. Jaws, you know. Jaws, Jaws and who else? Um, bon Jovi bon was. Jovi, he yeah, was yeah. an owner at the time. He's not an no. owner anymore. That's what um, There's a restaurant down there called Chicky and Pete's. If you ever go to the uh, Philadelphia airport, they have uh, they have a nice restaurant in there, and they're known for their crab fries. But uh, this guy named Pete, he's awesome. Um, they do anything for their players. They provide jobs for guys, housing, you know. So they do whatever they need. They're a first class organization. Let's let's touch on something that 
everybody wants to hear about from people that were there. Mm-hmm. It's been going on for a couple of years now, right? Uh, more than a couple of years, yes. Yeah, it's I don't, uh, you know, I'm not good with dates, so. Uh, yeah, I was I was still in college at least four or five years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I was in college for seven, so who knows? Uh, <laughs> uh, Jerry Sandusky, Joe Paterno, mm-hmm. and that whole uh, big mess. Mm-hmm. Woody, let's start. Was you, he there when you were there? We'll start with that question first. Uh, yeah. He was not a coach. I, I no. went there in uh, 2005, 2006, and he left as a coach in 1999. Okay. Uh, he did have um, a non charitable organization mm-hmm. that we now know. Uh, was a front. Um, he he was around. He, he lifted every morning at about five a.m. But he was never. But in you know, the early bird gets the worm, right? Well, that's what they say. That's what they say. I know that you know from when I was doing my rehab, I did see him on several occasions inside the weight room. Did you have any interactions with Jerry Sandusky? Not really. Just uh, his his program was called the Second Mile Foundation, and we did do work for the foundation. You know, we had. Uh, you know, kids who come from underprivileged uh, areas all over Pennsylvania and Ohio. Uh, they came in for a week and, um, you know, we coached them up in football and, you know, just gave them our backdrop, our story, and try to help them any way we can. Uh, you called before, you called Penn State a family-like atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, allegedly in the news, uh, Joe Paterno knew in 1976 okay. of what Sandusky's done. Mm-hmm. At the time, if it was out, there was no way you were going to Penn State calling it a family like no, how how would he be able to go into your living room and talk to your parents about him taking care of children absolutely all those not. years absolutely not if if i if any of this were to be true as mm-hmm. far as i mean there's no doubt in my mind that jerry sandusky yes at some point did something um but if i knew or if it, if it became factual that if there was a way to prove that joe paterno without a shadow of a doubt knew back in 76 mm-hmm. or 85 or okay. 90 or whatever there's no way that I would have went there. Um, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have been the coach, too. If, no, I mean, he, you know. he definitely wouldn't have been the coach. I, I, you know, I tell people like this. The Joe that I know, the Joe that held my firstborn son, the Joe that, you know, called me at 8 o'clock in the morning the day after I had my surgery and, um, you know, always made sure I was okay and went to class. And um, the rules that, that he um, set forth for his players and staff, um, that Joe... You know, I just can't see it. You know, I know that I'm not naive enough to think that uh, a head football coach doesn't know just about everything that's going on in his building. But for me to see him interact with his grandchildren, um, you know, his players, kids, I don't think in my heart of hearts that the Joe I know knew, you know, or wanted to believe what was alleged by Jerry Sandusky. Well, you know, you could have just hit all that behind, you know. It could, it could be. It could have been two different people. It could have been could Joe be. that, in the public and then Joe that went home and knew that. Absolutely. I, his, uh, I, I assume good friends if he was still around the program right. years I later. I agree. He was just I a agree. terrible pre- uh, person. I think, you know, I do think that there are people uh, in society that live two different lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I just go back to, uh, you know, the foundation that Joe set at Penn State. And I just... I just can't see it. I, I can't see mm-hmm. it. Maybe it's because I went there and I, you know, like I say, I, I bleed blue and white. Um, but, you know, this thing was run like a military, man. It was, it was, it was every day, you know, six o'clock here, five thirty here, seven o'clock here, first class here, you know, so I, I, you know, part of me doesn't want to believe it, you know, 
but I know I now know that something definitely happened and and something definitely happened in that football building um but you know like I said the Joe that held my firstborn son you know I, I would hate to to believe that that he knew about it way back in 76 and did nothing about it I just you know but there's so many different stories that have come out there's stories that say that he went to his authority he went to um, well, you know, his authority being like the, you know, the <coughs> president of their university, whereas, school chancellor. Yeah. yeah, whereas he should have went to the, you know, state college police. Right. You know, that's what's alleged, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I mean, we don't know. know I don't know. I would love, you know, I would love for Joe to be here for many different reasons mm-hmm. today. Yes. Um, but one of them being to, you know, tell his side of the story. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was around the guy for five years, and I just can't see it. What do you have to know? He. He passed what just a few weeks after he passed. All that news he came passed out. about a couple months after. A couple months. A couple months after. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe. Joe was, I think, sick for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he hid his health problems from the team. Um, you know, there was definitely a difference from Joe year five than year one. Got uh, year one, he's running around on the field. Well, he's, at that point, he was in what his eighties, right? Yeah, he was in he was in his late seventies, uh, early eighties, and he's running around. Uh, getting in guys' faces, you know, he was a lot more vibrant. Mm-hmm. And then year five, you know, he's up in the booth with, you know, he's got a broken leg. Yeah. And, you know, he's not feeling well. He wasn't on the sidelines so anymore. It was different. It was definitely different. Now, at the same time, they, you know, that's their livelihood. Mm-hmm. And the second something like that comes out, mm-hmm. everybody goes down the drain. Right. So, you know, he may not have condoned what was going on, but at the same time, he may have been trying to save his livelihood and his. Oh, yeah. definitely looking out for number his, one. Uh, you know, I think I think that that is definitely a, a statement that could be true. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, it's it's different for guys that were there. It's different for guys that that seen him interact with children. I just, I just don't know that I could believe that that he would know that you know someone was a kid, you know, seven eight years old was being harmed. In that fashion, you know, in his building, under his watch, and he just pushed it aside because he didn't want people to uh, to defame what he built there at Penn State. I would hate to believe that. And if it is true, then, you know, if he was still alive, he, you know, he would reap what he sowed. But, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, he never got a chance to tell his story. So, you know, I'm just going to I'm going to die with the images I have of Joe. And, and those are positive ones. Oh yeah, you can. Uh, I mean, terrible things that happen, but awful thing. I doesn't doesn't make doesn't make you a you know there. You do help people along the way too. You, right. Not you're not a hundred percent terrible person. No, no I one's mean, no one's mean, perfect. That's that's a different exactly. level of terrible though. So yeah, if he does, he's on his own level. If if coach did in fact, like I said, if he did in fact know about it, then I would think differently about him. But you know, my vision of Joe, my interaction with Joe, you know, it's different than you know. An everyday sports fan that you know watches college football every Saturday or, or, or watches ESPN every day or reads the blogs and things like that. I, you know, I, I lived it and I just couldn't see it. Oh, so um, you know, getting back on to uh, current days, mm-hmm. how do you feel about uh, Penn State currently? What are they three and one or two and one? I believe two, we're two and one. Two and one. You beat Temple. Uh, coming off a, a nice win versus Temple. Temple's down this year, um, but it was good to get uh, revenge for last year. <laughs> um, they they beat us pretty handily last year, and uh, Pitt, Pitt kind of handed it to you this year. You guys Pitt, came back you know, at the end we, of the game. We came back at the end of the game. I was happy to see that we came back. I mean, we're working with a guy, second year quarterback, first year starting quarterback, mm-hmm. Trace McSorley. Um, you know, we changed the offense again. That was our, our fifth time in 
six years or five years doing that. Um, I well, think we're showing progress, to be honest with you, but we're not where we need to be. Uh, do you think James Franklin's the guy, though? You know, uh, last, James, year, you, last year you guys were only 20th in uh, recruiting. Right. Which Penn State, obviously, back always that we know was always right. higher. Right. And uh, this guy, you know, recruited at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's not that big of a school. Right, it's not. But it's in the SEC, and he was able to get some. I think the best part about Coach Franklin is his ability to recruit. Um, he corners the market. I mean, you got to understand, he was dealt one hell of a hand. He, he came in with, you know, 40 to 50 less scholarships than every other school that's, in the nation. That's true, yes. So, you know, kids these days aren't thinking, you know, tradition, pride, wow. Well, definitely. also also the whole Sandusky thing hurt. Right. It hurt did. the pitch. Without a doubt. State family Without a doubt. doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, why am I going to go there, mm-hmm. you know, with all this, you know, going on and uncertainty, and I can go to Ohio State and there's nothing going on, or yeah. I can go to Michigan or Florida. Or, and every coach in the country was yeah, saying that's that. Yeah, that's their glory. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it hurt recruiting. And I, I think one day, this thing goes in cycles, man. If you look at... Uh, when I went to co- State College in 2005, we had, I think, the number two or three recruiting class in Wait, the country. Wait, it was you, King Williams? Justin King, um, uh, Derek Williams, yeah, Anthony Scarado. We had a ton of guys, Lionel mm-hmm. Sargent. Um, but, you know, three, three, four years before that, they were like 25th. You know, it goes in, in cycles, and, and it'll, it'll come back around. I don't know if James Franklin is the guy. Um, he's, a, he's a Virginia, Maryland guy. He's not that area. I just think... I think there's someone out there. If I had my choice, you know, and I'm not saying it's a knock against James mm-hmm. Franklin, um, I personally know Greg Schiano and I know his Penn State ties, and I would love to see Greg Schiano in, in blue and white. I'm gonna be. I might become a Penn State fan if he's got Greg Schiano. I'm yeah. a big fan. I mean, Schiano did a lot at Rutgers. When he was so a man right? at Rutgers. And let me tell you something. The job he did at mm-hmm. Rutgers was. I mean, he should have won Coach of the Year for the next five years. Um, we, to, we, get, to get that caliber of Ray Rice guys and yeah. Courtney Green. and Well, that, that was the New York Green. area, but he also yeah. did very well in South Florida, picking off the edges, whatever the big boys didn't want. Tremendous, tremendous job. And, and, and his thing is he, he makes recruiting personal. You know, he makes sure he knows your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle. You know, I can remember my dad coming home saying, yeah, you know, Greg came by my job today. You know, Lincoln School down, you know, down on 30th Street stopping what they're doing because Greg Ciano, you know comes to the door. So, uh, you know, he makes things personal. I think he, wherever he goes, if he decides to come back into coaching. Is, well, he's, I think he's at Ohio State right yeah, now. He's, I think he's their D.C. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's over there doing, he's doing a good job. And, 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 you know, what usually happens with those big-time coordinators, they, they usually mm-hmm. put their feet back in the pool and head coaching. Absolutely. Pool, so. Well, look, look at where the uh, last one uh, ended up. They ended up at a Big Ten school, Rutgers. Right, right. Yeah. He went to Rutgers. So, uh, you know, hopefully – it gives Penn State a look if, if Penn State chooses to go that route. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think Penn State, within the next two years, they got to make a splash. Franklin's got to put together a 9-10 win season. I mean, you know, we're not a bottom dweller of, of, of the Big Ten, and, and we were that stepping stone for the last couple of years, you know, albeit with what was going on. But, you know, we have all our scholarships back now, and they expanded on the, uh, the stadium and the locker room and, the assets are there, and, you know, it's time to start winning football games now. I want to talk a little about, get your opinion on some NFL that's going on. Okay. Let's, let's get a little away from uh, college and Penn State for now. You got your Dallas Cowboy shirt on. That's right. You're a Dallas Cowboy fan. That's right. Obviously, I am, for those that watch this or listen to it. And what do you think about Dak Prescott? I think he's a winner. I think he's a winner. I watched him, obviously, his last season at Mississippi State. Uh, they played some Thursday night games, and I was able to watch them 
um, you know, obviously when he was in the Heisman running there for a little while. And um, I think he's a winner. He's been through so much in his personal life with the, you know, passing of his mom and, uh-huh. and things like that. The fight that. at spring break. Yeah, you know, that that definitely put a little dent in things. But, uh, you know that personally, right? Thinking no, like that. I don't know anything about that. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. Um, but uh, Dax, I think Dax a proven winner. The best asset, you know, that he has is he doesn't turn the ball over, knock on wood. Yeah, he's played yeah, zero through two games. Yeah, he's played two, mm-hmm. you know, four quarter games. He slides when he needs to. He gets rid of the ball when he needs to. Uh, he, he also hasn't thrown a touchdown. He hasn't, you know, but he does, you know, he he does do other things that, you know, as a fan, it makes you, you know, happy. I mean, from where we were with backup quarterbacks last year when Romo went out to where we are now, 100%. I feel a lot more comfortable. Yeah. Well, being we won in, a game. Well, being so, exactly being that, that ties in, last year without Romo, right? Being in the yeah, NFC, you know, you know, being in the NFC East, where the NFC East, but yeah, okay, yeah. being in the NFC East, uh, you know, nine, ten wins, they they get you, you know, first round bye. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, they got the Bears this week, so right, they got the Bears with Jay Cutler. No one knows, it's, you know, if he's going to play. His he thumb, might, yeah, he might not even thumbs play. Messed well, up, at so. this point, Corey might be an upgrade from uh, Jay right. Cutler, yeah, yeah, he's he didn't play. Didn't have a great showing. Yeah, we need uh, we need Cutler to play then. I think the you know, but the Cowboys Achilles heel is going to be their lack of pass rush. You know, our, our defense, our secondary is put in some bad situations because we just can't get to the quarterback. Well, we got a couple guys coming back. I think game five and then game eleven. I believe is it eleven or eight. I don't know. Well, I think it's eleven. I think um, you guys, Gregory. Randy Gregory dropped his ten game appeal, so mm-hmm. you know, he's, oh, 11. yeah, he'll be out. Well, he, he, he didn't out of rehab yet, or is he, he still in? I have well, no well, idea. Let me correct you on that. He didn't uh, drop it. The NFL Players Association dropped it. Right. Dropped it because they felt he didn't have a strong enough strong case. Strong enough case, yeah. So I didn't want it to make it sound like Randy Gregory just said, yeah, it was "Fuck a, it, I'm not going to play." Person. You know what I'm yeah, saying? No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know the defense is partying like they're the '90s Cowboys, but <laughs> they're not. Well, if they come back and show it, all right. I mean, you know, we we have at we have to at some point address that. I mean. Guys like Dwight Freeney, who got six, seven sacks last year, they were on the open market, and we couldn't close on him. Uh-huh. And you know, I feel like if we would benefit from a veteran pass rusher, you know, my former teammate Jack Crawford's there, and he's working hard. But you know, Tyrone Crawford, you know, but uh-huh. you know, it's, it's easy to see, man. Those quarterbacks get more than three, four seconds; they'll pick your secondary apart. So, who does Dallas have this week? Chicago. Oh, we just uh, yeah. said that. Yes, they are. are They're favorite to, uh, against Chicago, correct? Right? Yeah. I think it, it was seven as of yesterday. Yeah, it definitely yeah, was seven. It definitely wow. was. That's 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 a high spread. Yeah. Now uh, you got your Pittsburgh Steelers shirt on over yes, here. Yes, sir. Two and zero, oh, baby. Two and zero. Oh, they just beat the Bengals. Uh, yeah, it was a sloppy game. You know, Antonio you had the drop. He had uh, like three three catches maybe. AJ Green had a drop. Tyler Croft had a few drops. It was very it was pouring. Tyler was Croft, Rutgers. Yeah, Rutgers. It was a monsoon out there, but hey, you know. Pittsburgh found a way to win. Uh, just feed the ball to D'Angelo. Pittsburgh's good, man. They're they're a solid team. I think like any other team in the NFL, though, it's going to be can they stay healthy through 17 weeks. Um, we saw that. Well, the last two years, yes. Right, the last Bell two years. Bell can't finish. Guys have to, you know, guys have to stay healthy. And that's, I mean, that's all teams mm-hmm. in the NFL. But I think if they can stay healthy, they're going to be a contender down, down the end. Yeah, I think it's uh, Pittsburgh and the Patriots in the AFC Championship. Right. If everyone, you know, stays you know, healthy. If the Patriots can hold ship and Brady comes back, then he might inherit a team 4-0, and 3-1, and one. so well, can you imagine that? At worst, 2-2, two two, Brady goes and wins the next 12, so. Right, so. So let's get on, let's get, since you mentioned the Patriots, let's get on them. Jimmy Garoppolo might not play this week, or mm-hmm. he most likely isn't playing this week. Right. Uh, I also read, though, they're pushing him to play, saying that Brady played through those injuries before. That was a report. <laughs> oh, that doesn't earlier. surprise me with them. 
Right. I mean, but you know what? With that organization, nothing surprises me as far as preparing for games. I mean, who thought Jimmy Garoppolo was going to come out, albeit you know they were against the Dolphins, but he came out on fire the other day. And uh, if it wasn't for that injury, he might have five, six touchdown passes. So, you know, I think with them, it's just next man up and, and hold down the fort, run the ball, play great defense, and, and, you know, they have a solid field goal kicker. So hold that fourth down until Brady Oh, Gaskowski's the man. He is. I draft him every year in fantasy. He is, he is unreal. It's a different level. But uh, I do believe if Garoppolo doesn't play that Julian Edelman is going to be the backup quarterback. quarterback. Well, let me tell you something. It's different in the NFL. But Julian Edelman was, you know, nothing to shake your hat at at Kent State. He was a solid quarterback. Option football, right? Yeah, option. But he, you know, he could sling it. Out. He could sling it a little bit, you know. And but he looked great throwing the ball against the uh, the Ravens in that playoff game. Two right. Years ago. Well, I'll say this: from what I know about football, and especially you know at a high level, there's no one really to account account for that quarterback. You know, especially when you got weapons out the backfield. So, you know, if if he can get one on one with a linebacker, he might be able to take that ball. Himself, so yeah, highest uh, punt return average in NFL history. Yep, they got they got the Texans tomorrow night, correct? Right. Yes, Texans. JJ Watt. They're saying might not play. JJ Watt. You know, back issues, hamstring. Phil Bradley's your boy, though. Yeah, Yeah. he's got uh, Brock playing pretty well. Right. Not Bradley. Not Bradley. Um, What's his name? Bill. Bill. um, The head coach of the Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. I'm sorry. He's not exactly my guy. I mean, he was at. He was post my era. Didn't he coach there one year or two? Uh, he was there for two years. And, two. and yeah. he, he, he made in. Mitch McGloin some money. He made Mitch yeah, McGloin a lot of money. Yeah, he came, he came in and, and ran a pro system and did very well for himself. And mm-hmm. uh, I always knew he was going back to the pros. Uh, he's a pro coach. And I, you know, he's got those guys 2-0. They played well two weeks in a row. So it wouldn't surprise me if they came out and uh, blew the doors off tomorrow. Who do, you, who do you pick? You got to pick one right now. Who do you pick? If I had to pick one right now, I'm going to go with when things as even as they are. I would go with the best coach, and that would be Bill Belichick. What about you? Who you got, Mike? Uh, I'm going with, like Jerome said, best coach. Unfortunately, I hate the Patriots, but I say Patriots by a field goal. Okay. How much? Uh, probably by one. Since it's a picking game, I'll just say by one. What do you I mean, got? I'm gonna. I mean, I'm not taking them. I'm taking the Texans. But I you gotta, gotta take the Texans. You gotta look at it this way: it's a short week. They, the Patriots, just lost their second string quarterback. Mm-hmm. Their starting wide receiver is their backup, and it's a pick 'em game on a Thursday night against a team who's two and zero. That's it. Great defense. That's why. Come I, on, man. With those, th- that's why I got to take the Texans. Vegas, Vegas ain't losing. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the Patriots by a field goal. I think they play great defense. They run the ball. They make plays with Bennett uh, on the play action when they have to, and Goskowski hits a last second field goal. Let's go, uh, Los Angeles Rams win their first game in LA since '94. Yep. It was a disgusting game. I watched the whole thing. Um, nine to three, yeah. I think was the final. Nine six, nine, nine, three. nine three. Their offense still, well, they've yet to score a touchdown all season. Yes, they, since nineteen ninety four, they still haven't scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Just win, baby, Al Davis. Just win. <laughs> and they, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that they're playing in the L A Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Al Davis's Los Angeles Raiders played there. Right. Al Davis designed the visitors. Were you ever in the visitors? I've never been in the, in the LA Coliseum. No, the visitors' locker room there was designed so that way there's no possible way to have your whole team in one space. Right. He well, did it where everybody is faced off with each other. I will say, you know, playing in the Big Ten uh, stadiums, country at the you know big time colleges around the country, 
the away team's locker room are always terrible. It's a makeshift, mm-hmm. you know. But is there room for you to have a team meeting? Uh, it's very, very tight. And we, you know, we only But can you get the whole team in one circled area? In one room, like I said, it would be very, very tight. Tight, okay. Northwestern, for instance, is about <clears throat> the size of a hallway. So if you could imagine 60 human beings being in large human beings with pads on, you know, we had guys getting dressed in, in the doorway heading mm-hmm. out to the game. Well, so. see, tight's different, though, because I've, I've been in the, the mm-hmm. visitors. I did a tour in the L.A. Coliseum this past March, and um, that's part of the tour that I'm telling you. Al Davis designed this specifically like mm-hmm. that, so you can't fit. You right. cannot have – there's lockers in the middle of the room. And believe it or not, it, play, it, pay, it plays a part. Man. Absolutely, I agree. It plays a part in your psyche, man. You go there, you're pissed off, you know. You're you're upset that you you're not in the friendly confines of your own home, and you know that, you know the the home team's on the other side sitting on leather couches, you know, and uh, you know it makes you come out and you you tend to exert more energy in the beginning of the game, um, and you crash usually. So, um, you know, if it works, it works. Well, like you said, Northwestern did it. You know, teams like that need every advantage they can get. Right. Well, uh, Iowa, who's a traditional mm-hmm. powerhouse, um, their their locker rooms are pink. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the, the whole thing's pink. <laughs> That's the funny. entire locker room, the urinal cakes inside of the urinals are pink. That's Everything That's is funny. pink. So, um, you know, whatever works, like I said. Well, it, it worked for them the other day. Um, not much to talk about in that game. Uh, Kenny Britt, 94 yards receiving. I'm going to mention that. Um, they go to Tampa Bay this week. Mm-hmm. Tampa just got pounded by the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Who do you 40, got? Forty to three, I think it was. Set forty-seven. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm believe it or not, I'm going to take Tampa Bay. Even though Doug Martin's not going to play for Tampa Bay, he's injured this week. I'm going to take Tampa Bay just because of the trip. You know, they're coming across the country. You know, they're probably going to fly out around Friday, get in. You know, the hotel and um, you know Tampa's warm weather and a lot to do. Um, I will say that uh, you know my boy. Um, Famous Jameis plays a little bit better than Case Keenum, and, and they win. Well, that's highly possible. <laughs> I'm going to say they win. Yeah, I, 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 I what, do you got, what do you got, Brad? You go first this time. I'm going to go with the uh, L.A. Rams. <laughs> okay. Why? Defensively, they looked great last week. Uh, offensively, Tampa Bay looked terrible last week. Mm-hmm. They're against the Cardinals. Um, the Cardinals make a lot of teams in the NFL look You're right. bad, you know? I think that I think that gave Jameis a reality check because mm-hmm. week one he did play yeah, amazing. Yeah, lit it up. Lit it up. Um, I do. I, th- I think it's going to be a tough game. I think the Ra- uh, the Rams do score a touchdown in this game. Mm-hmm. I think their defense is, and I don't think they're going to give up. You know, more than twenty points. I think it'll be a close game. I think the Rams come away with the win to go two and one. Well, I think that's. But I think that plays into Tampa Bay's hand. The fact that they're the home team and it's going to be a close game. Well, uh, I'm going to agree with Jerome here, saying that Tampa Bay is going to win. Yeah, I know. You're a Rams hater. Well, I'm not a Rams hater. I'm going to say their defense looked good last week because Seattle has two injured offensive linemen. So they're down on their, you know, they're on their sixth and seventh linemen. And when you're rushing Quinn and Donald and all those guys, they're going to look good against Hobble linemen. You know? True. This week, Tampa Bay got their starting line out there. Mm-hmm. Also, Jeff Fisher, in his career. Jeff Fisher hater right here. No, no. Jeff, Jeff Fisher truther here. Jeff Fisher in his career is 170 and 157 in 22 years, third most third most losses ever. So yeah, but he's a good guy. Mike. Well, and and you, you know, give him a break. well, if you give him a break, give him a break. But <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of national uh, sports guys call August 8th Jeff Fisher Day because he always goes eight and eight. 
So my reasoning with that, they just won a game, so they're going to lose this week. Okay. On pace for an 8-8 eight eight year, as usual. All right, so you're going every other and win that win-loss, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Some valid points there, Greg. That's fair. I got, I'm well, biased, so you want to talk about the Rams, I'm biased. And uh, Carson Wentz looks a lot better than... Uh, oh, we could talk name? about the Eagles. Jeff Goff. Jeff Goff. Yeah. Jeff Goff. Third, no, second string Goff. Listen, I hope, I hope Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. Okay, I, hope Britt, for the I hope Britt goes for over 100, man. Every but game, but... I just think that... I just think Tampa Bay being the home team, that mm-hmm. long flight, you know, playing at home. Playing early, right? Yeah, early playing game. Playing early, yeah, earlier game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Time. And you, you mentioned Wentz. Two and zero from North Dakota State. Well, North Dakota State just beat Iowa, Iowa. at home. Six and zero in their last in those, uh, six in those pink locker rooms. <laughs> six and zero in their last uh, six versus BCS teams. Okay, well, he's not the quarterback there anymore. So okay. he's from there. He was the big argument between him and Goff. Who goes one? Who goes two? He's two and zero. Now, don't get me wrong. They played the Browns. They played the Bears. I'm not going to give him all the credit in the world. Right. Number one, because of who he played. Number mm-hmm. two, because I'm a Cowboy fan. So, okay. And he gets a reality check this week. Yes. At home versus Pittsburgh. Yes, right. you're a Pittsburgh Steelers. Bet them, everybody. Bet them this week. Minus three. <laughs> throw the house on Pittsburgh. Well, I, I, I wouldn't say throw the house on them. I, I will say Carson Wentz is playing at a very high level. Um, I don't know that the Philadelphia Eagles have a true identity on offense. I watched them. Their first game, you know, they were able to get Sproles involved in the passing game. They hand the ball off to um, uh, Ryan Matthews. Yeah, Ryan Matthews out of the backfield. They were able to get the other Matthews, the wide receiver, uh, some crossing routes, deep crossing routes across the field. Uh, then they come out against the Bears and empty for the whole first half, and they're slinging it around. Um, Peterson did impress me the first Yeah, but you know what? It's going to come down to converting in, in the red zone area. And, I'm going to go Pittsburgh. I'll go Pittsburgh this game. Oh, I'm, going, I think, I'm going Pittsburgh by fucking 10. I think Ben Roethlisberger will severely outplay Carson Wentz. Well, let me guess who you got. Like I said, bet the house on Pittsburgh minus Oh, okay. That's right. I figured that. Who's the home team in that one? Phillies. But Steelers will have more fans in that stadium. Because we do try oh, the best in the NFL. You know that. You check the ticket hey, sales and all that Watch stuff, Sunday. Right? You'll see the terrible tables out. Especially late. They do travel well. I'm not going to lie. They do travel well. Let's, uh... I need I need opinions on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Fat boys swore on them in the predictions this year. Mm-hmm. Well, the only the only prediction well, I've been listening. The only prediction worse than Fat boys uh, Jaguars prediction is you saying the Rams going ten and six. <laughs> That's the only one worse. Yeah, I know because you don't like Jeff. Yeah, okay. Well, they nine more wins than I have right. prediction. <laughs> um, who did I just say the Jaguars? The Jaguars. Yeah. They're only two. All right, game one. Yes, they got this this star-studded, possible well, possibly star-studded defense with all these young guys. Bortles. Key word right there, though, you said was young guys. Yeah. I think I think experience plays a factor there. Um, Paul Pazanzi, Penn Stater, he's he's probably uh, the elder state elder statesman on that defense. Definitely is. Um, and they just they just give they give up too many yards, too many big plays. Their offense is very very good, um, but. You know, they're just not there yet. I don't think they're there. I think that's an 8-18. Eight and 18. But now let me ask you, okay, I could agree with that, but let me ask you a question. I don't expect them to come out and beat the Packers. Right. Whether it's fucking week 1 or week 16, week 14, it doesn't well, matter. The Packers aren't looking like world beaters so far through two games. They're yet. not. They're not. 
But they came out week two, played the Chargers, mm-hmm. and the Ch- and Phillip Rivers just fucking laid the smack down on yeah, them. Without he, Keenan he Allen. He diced them up, man. Woodhead got hurt early. Woodhead tears his ACL. And I Gates mean, isn't what he used to be. I'm not impressed with that Chargers team at all. And right. they come out and just blow them out the water. Well, I mean, the run game set up Phillip Rivers being able to carve them up. I mean, Melvin Gordon went for another, what, three touchdowns? Right? Two, three touchdowns that yeah. game against two the Jaguars. He, he he definitely scored more than one time on Sunday, so um, you know that opened things up for Philip Rivers to you know play action pass and go over the top. Uh, yeah, and I think uh, Blake Bortles is just a fantasy guy. Everyone thinks he's a good quarterback because he was a top dime fantasy last year, but all his numbers tend to come when they're getting blown out. Yeah, when quarter. you're down, you got when teams are playing prevent and you're throwing the football. That's what happened this week too. First three quarters, nothing. Fourth quarter, like 235 yards passing. Well, your boy uh, Allen Robinson. Uh, and Hearns last year they combined over what twenty five touchdowns. Yeah, they're Maybe. you know that's a, that's a great duo. Exactly. I th- I think if they can keep those guys without the big free agency monsters coming to steep them away from you know bigger markets, I think down the line they can be a, a big player. Um, but again, I just think there's too much youth there to be more than an eight and eighteen. Yeah, especially on defense. Right. Jack's young, Fowler's young, uh, yeah. Ramsey's young. You got to give them. Yeah, I mean they're the not going to come out. Uh, Ravens this week. Ravens are two and zero. I mean, I'm not impressed with their team, but the Jaguars, the way they played, who do we got? Uh, unfortunately, I would like to say the Jaguars, but the Ravens win. Too many veterans on that team. Those they're not hurt anymore. Uh, Harbaugh, you know, Harbaugh got those guys ready to play every week. The running game's not that good, but Flacco, you know, could hit Wallace a few times on an in route and he just takes it seventy to the house. You know? I don't even know what the the line is in that game, but I'm gonna say. The the uh, Ravens win, but the Jaguars cover. Okay. I, don't, I, don't know the I don't even know what the line is. I'll take the, the Ravens have been terrible versus the line. I'll take the Ravens too. I guess that was a, that was another prediction you and Sean probably had uh, totally wrong. What's that? You guys had the Ravens both being pretty terrible, and uh, they're probably going to be right around wild card this year. Yeah, well, see them as a wild. I had uh, I think we both had the Ravens third in the division, and that's exactly where they're going to finish. So well, you, got like you could call that. That's all right. Third in the division. We know who the two division leaders are over there. Congratulations to the Jets, by the way. They finally beat Rex Ryan, mm-hmm. which I was uh, sad to see. I like when Rex just beats them and then talks shit. <laughs> but uh, that game, I don't know. I didn't I didn't really think the Bills' offense was the problem that game, and then they fired the OC. Yeah, Could be Rex trying to save his ass because that guy would probably end up being the head coach if they were to get rid of Rex. Possibly. So, you know, you kill that right there. Because you're not going to hire his brother as the head coach if he they fire him. No, no. So, um, Jets won that game. Bills, I think, are in for a bad year again. Uh, the Jets, though, this week have the who do they got? Mike, do you know who the Jets uh, are? Chiefs. They have the Chiefs have actually. Chiefs, yes. Jets, Chiefs this week. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to go Jets. I mean, uh, Jamal Charles out again. Uh, Chiefs banged up a little bit. With Alex Smith, you just never know. I, I think with Ryan Fitzpatrick in the regular season, you know you're going to get, as of late, you know, an above-average performance they got. Well, you know what you can get from Ryan Fitzpatrick in the postseason, right? That's nothing. nothing he's never, been, he's never been there. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I think Forte, they got him going last week with a couple touchdowns. Um, their defense is playing well. Um, Revis. Is looking a little shaky out there versus top light wide receivers, but I don't think Jeremy Macklin is in that conversation. So huh. I think that the Jets will do okay and, and win that game. 
Who you got, Mike? Uh, I got the Chiefs in this one. Uh, I think you know Andy Reid's a lot better than the top bowls right now. I, I believe Alex Smith, who never turns the ball over, is a lot better than turnover pro Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick's always one throw away from showing us true colors. The Jets wide receivers are all a little banged up. Marshall's been practicing limited. Decker's got a hurt shoulder, and the other guy, Quincy, I can't say his last name. And Newton, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a little banged up too. So, and the Chiefs, you know, they're gonna be able to bring the rush with Tamba. Uh, you know, Tamba's always there. They got a good D line, solid line back and forth. Last game, the 0-2 Browns and the 0-2 Dolphins. Who do you got? I'm not going to talk about their games last week. This would don't matter. Who you got? I got the Dolphins. Everyone got the Dolphins. You got, you got to pick the Dolphins. I don't know what the score is going to be, but, I mean, I don't even know who they're starting at quarterback. Corey Coleman today. actually broke his hand today in practice. Yeah, they're missing yeah, time. they're missing him too. So, the line's going to jump up way high mm-hmm. for the for the Dolphins. Yeah, I'll go with the Dolphins. I would like to see the Browns win. I've seen crazier but. things happen in the NFL, <laughs> believe me. I think Adam Gase is too good of a coach to lose to a team that their biggest playmakers are uh, – Isaiah Crowell and Terrell Pryor. But I'm gonna I'm going to tell you this though, if if the Browns get up twenty to two on the Dolphins, the Browns will win that game. The Dolphins don't have that type of uh, firepower. Firepower, no. Actually, so, let me go throw one more game out there: Giants Redskins. Uh, you know, that was tough. Like, the Redskins are, are, are a decent team, man. You know, if Kirk Cousins could lock in, I don't. You know, if he could become the Kirk Cousins from last year, um, they you know. They could be okay. You know me. I hate the Giants. I, I wish they would lose every game. But as much as I hate to say it, Eli has been pretty good this year. Yeah. So, you know, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, they're they're right there in the game. I yeah. say Giants. I say Giants. You say the Giants? I say the Giants. I think, uh, you know, before the season, I was going to say the Redskins are going to win that division. They happen to go start 0-2 because they played the juggernaut in week one. And, uh, you know, short week, week two, first the Cowboys. Redskins Redskins win this week. Oh, fuck. What <laughs> The Listen, Redskins Dallas team, beat them. I don't want to hear that's no a short shit week. about that. It's a short week. Call what you want. And their offense is Kirk Cousins finally going to turn it on, get the offense going to all those receivers. Watch out for Josh Docks, and he scores in this game. They did and target they, him a lot. Yeah. Deep balls uh, versus the Cowboys. His first playing time, I think, was against Pittsburgh, and he caught like a late pass, and they were saying like they're going to get him going, and then right. he put 56 yard against the Cowboys. Yeah, the Achilles. He scores, yeah, he scores against the Giants this week, and the Redskins win. All right. You got any shout-outs, Mike? Uh, you know, I don't need to shout out anybody. Shout out, shout out to Sean for not showing up. You know, so I'm here doing his thing. For him. Yeah, very disappointing. I mean, I love you, Mike, but I'm very disappointed that Sean didn't show up today. Yeah, he disappoints me on a daily basis, so that's okay. <laughs> He's usually pretty good, but I'm very disappointed I didn't get a chance to chop it up with my boy. At least it would have been three Cowboys here. You know, Next time, Pittsburgh guy. Yeah, Next whenever time. you guys need me back, I'm always available. Yeah, I don't. This was your uh, debut, so I don't know how that worked out. But <laughs> Jay Hayes, you got any shout outs? Uh, you know, shout out to the Bayonne High School football bees going up to Memorial this Friday night. Good luck, good luck. not doing anything Friday, head up to uh, West New York. Yeah, that's, you know, fun watching the wing team. A lot of fun. It can be. So I'll give, uh, I'm going to give shout out to Rucker graduate here that's watching this right now, Jessica Soleri. Shout out to Jessica. Going to give a shout out to, uh, shout out Ricky Rod, Coach Rod. Coach Rod, what up? We're in the window, um, baby. That's right. Take a picture. Shout out to Taylor. Taylor's doing the camera today. Poppy couldn't make it, and he, I don't know, he can't read and shit like that, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, that's about it. Jay Hayes. Yep. Very much appreciated. You're Thanks our second guest me. on the show. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'm glad you were open to any questions about Penn State and the Cowboys and whatever else. Mike, appreciate you coming to co-host. 
No problem. You know, an hour notice is all I need. Maybe uh, <laughs> next time you won't be sweating like that much. I'm shaking. I don't know what to do, man. I don't know what to do with my hands right now. It's tough. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. All right.